follow podcast. Welcome. Scripture contains a great deal of instruction and warnings both for the teacher and the student. This week we will be focusing on God's message for the teachers. Of course we're talking about in the church. Your comments and questions are always welcome. You can email me at james at believeandfollow.org. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. This is from the Epistle of James, chapter 3, verse 1. James goes on to say, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Many of you are familiar with this passage, for it goes into instruction concerning the tongue. But notice how James introduces this section. Not many of you should become teachers. He is warning those of us who desire to be teachers. God's word is full of such warnings, and we should all take them to heart. This is in contrast to the culture we often see in churches. I have often been warned against discussing the accuracy of what comes from the pulpit. If you attempt to correct the preacher, you will suffer harm. I have gotten this from well-meaning people who are trying to protect me. This is the state of many churches. This attitude serves no one but it especially does not serve the teacher who will be judged with greater strictness. Better to be corrected now than to go to judgment uncorrected and suffer the consequences. I understand the need to speak with authority, but the power the teacher needs to access is not power as the world understands, but spiritual power that comes from the pure word of God. Take another look at verse 2 here in James 3. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. The use of the word perfect here can be misleading if you are not careful. The meaning of the word translated perfect here does not mean flawless. The idea here is complete, mature, perfected, as in the sense, I have perfected playing the violin or I have perfected my speaking skills. The mature teacher of scripture does not need to use threats to maintain his authority. His authority and power come from his command of God's word. 
First Peter 4.11 says, Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Second Timothy 3 verses 16 and 17 speaks of this power in this way. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Many of you are familiar with this passage, but let's take a closer look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 to get the full impact of what is being said here. The Apostle Paul is giving instructions and warnings to the younger evangelist Timothy to prepare him for the work he has been set apart to do. In chapter 3, he is making a contrast. But what is he contrasting? Let's see if we can figure that out. Let's read verses 1 to 9 of 2 Timothy 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Who is he talking about in these verses? Note verse 5, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. These are people who present themselves as religious, but deny its power by in reality opposing the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all, all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The Apostle equates these people to Jonas and Jambres, who were the magicians of Pharaoh, who were able to imitate the demonstration of God's power, for instance, the turning a staff into a snake. But God demonstrates that his power is greater. Look at Exodus chapter 7, verses 10 through 12. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. 
Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. The Apostle uses an Old Testament reference they were familiar with to underscore his point. He then makes the contrast in verses 10 through 17 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Apostle Paul is carrying out God's will in accordance to Scripture, and this is also demonstrated by his behavior even under persecution. But I want you to understand that the picture he is painting in verses 1 through 9, the listing of all this nasty stuff, is of people who are presenting themselves as godly religious people but are only serving their own unholy appetites. This is how God views teachers who do not honor his word. Paul is warning Timothy not to learn from such teachers. Avoid such people. Rather, as the Apostle Paul instructs Titus, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. I really want to make sure that you get this, because often the headings that you see in Bibles for Second Timothy 3, let me look at what my Bible says here, godlessness in the last days. That's true. That's what's being spoken of is godlessness in the last days. But this is godlessness in the last days in the church by people who are presenting themselves as godly people. Okay, don't learn from them. Don't learn from those teachers. That's why the Apostle Paul uses the example of Jannas and Jambres. They were religious people. They were the Pharaoh's magicians. They were pretending to have some sort of spiritual power, but they were opposed to God. 
these people in the church are presenting themselves as godly people, as members of the church, but they're actually opposed to God. And why were they opposed to God? Because they were not honoring God's word in their teaching and in their life, as it turns out also. But they're not following God's instruction and they're teaching others to do the same. These people you should avoid. This was a constant problem for the nation of Israel, just as it is a constant problem for the churches today. Remember all these things were written for our learning. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love, and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish. And also the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, and even the fish of the sea are taken away. Yet let no one contend, let none accuse, for with you is my contention, O priest. You shall stumble by day, the prophet also shall stumble with you by night, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. This is an amazing word. Now remember, the nation of Israel are the people that are chosen of God, have been set apart by God, just like the church is today. So we look at the issues that God had with the nation of Israel, and these things were written for our learning, and we can apply this to the church. This is very important. I've heard preachers most of the time talking about the various messages that God has for the churches, for example, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, and they always say, but our church is one of the good ones. Our church is one of the ones that's obedient. Well, the nation of Israel always considered itself, no matter how disobedient they were being, they always considered themselves the chosen people of God, and they always looked down on everybody else. We need to not be like them. So we need to always be making sure that the instruction that we're hearing and the instruction that we're giving is the pure word of God. Or else we're going to put ourselves in line for some of these things that God talks about here. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. I will reject you as a priest. I will reject you. Because what are we talking about here? One of the points of today's lesson is better to be corrected now than on the day of judgment. Look at Ezekiel chapter 34, starting at verse 1. That was, by the way, before Hosea 4, 1 through 6. Okay, in the book of the prophet Ezekiel, we read, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, 
Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. The figure here being used is shepherds, those who are meant to care for the flock. So this can also be extended to for elders and teachers. In the church, we have elders, and they're to shepherd the flock. In a church where there are elders, and the elders are doing their job, then they will correct the teachers. But everyone in the church has the responsibility because, first of all, the members of the church have chosen these elders because they understand their knowledge of the scripture and the lives that they have led. And everyone needs to be knowledgeable and responsible for making sure that the shepherds, the teachers, are all being faithful to God's word. And this is not something that might happen, as you know, I've said this before, this is something that will happen if we're not careful and diligent to make sure that it doesn't. So now, two Old Testament passages, Hosea and Ezekiel. The Apostle Peter brings this from the old and into the new. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice, born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture came from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Second Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 16, going to chapter 2, verse 3. So Peter's saying exactly what I'm saying here. So I'm not making this up. All this was written for our learning. Peter makes the point that just like there were false prophets to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament time, there will be false teachers among the members of the church. Scripture is clear on this, but often it is difficult to identify these false teachers because they do such a good job of impersonating the real thing. This is why we all need to be intimately acquainted with God's word so we can distinguish the real from the counterfeit. This is what God requires from all of us. Now I've heard teachers saying to me words to the effect, yes but this teaching has been around for more than a hundred years. Well the short answer to that sort of thing is so what? If the teaching is false, if the tradition comes from man and not God, then it has to go. Now the climate that we have in so many churches that I mentioned earlier, where examining the teaching of the preacher is harmful to your health, is certainly in part responsible for why these false teachings can persist for so many years. This brings to me the final point I want to make. Whether you are a teacher or not, every single one of us needs to make a careful and critical review of everything we believe and hold dear, especially because it is so hard to let go of the false teachings we have embraced our entire lives these false teachings may be dear to our parents and their parents before them and their parents before them but if they are not from God they must go scripture is abundantly clear on this beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. Test the spirits. Test the thinking that goes into the things you believe. Remember, spirituality is connected with the mind, right? No one knows the mind of a man except the spirit that's in him. No one knows the mind of God except the spirit that is with him. So test the spirits. Test the lines of thought, the patterns of thought that you're handed to, especially if there are things that you've been handed to all your life, and make sure that they make sense. Make sure that they are in agreement with God's word. Take this critical look 
at what you've been handed. You know, even in the secular world, we have so many examples in society where people are going on and on doing things that to someone else make no sense. Well, why are they doing these things? Well, because this is the tradition that we've been handed. If every person stopped and examined the things that they hold dear, examined the traditions that they were raised in, and made sure that what didn't make any sense they got rid of, this world would be a much better place. But this is especially true in the church. We must look at the traditions we're handled. Don't assume that just because what's being taught has been taught in generations previous, that's correct. Look at God's Word. Understand God's Word. Compare what is being taught to God's Word. And if something that your church is holding to is not from God's Word, then let it go. We've firmly established this in previous lessons. So we need to be very, very clear on this. And then, finally, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The instruction is to, first of all, is to learn about the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, what you've heard from the Apostles. Make sure you understand that and then entrust that to faithful men. What does faithful mean? Someone who will faithfully reproduce, someone who will be able to faithfully pass on the pure Word of God. Okay, entrust this to faithful men who will then be able to pass it on to others. Once the truth according to the scriptures has been firmly established and understood for you, entrust it to faithful men who will faithfully be able to pass it on to others. We all must do our part. All of us should not be teachers, but we all share in the responsibility. We all must do our part to ensure that these instructions are being faithfully carried out. The average member of the church should have a greater level of expertise than is common today. This requires constant attention and dedication. This process is so often neglected in the churches. This neglect is at least in part responsible for the wide variety of false teachings prevalent in so many churches. If you have any questions or comments, especially if you disagree, please feel free to email me at james at believe and follow. Dot org. That's all for now. Goodbye and God bless. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether.